The scripture reading this morning is from the book of Matthew, chapter 25, verses 14 through 30. For it is as if a man, going on a journey, summoned his slaves and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. The one who had received the five talents went off at once and traded with them and made five more talents. In the same way, the one who had the two talents made two more talents. But the one who had received the one talent went off and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. Then the one who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five more talents, saying, Master, you handed over to me five talents. See, I have made five more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. And the one with the two talents also came forward, saying, Master, you handed over to me two talents. See, I have made two more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a, in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Then the one who had received the one talent also came forward, saying, Master, I know that you are a harsh man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you did not scatter seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master replied, You wicked and lazy slave, you knew, did you, that I reap where I did not sow and gather where I did not scatter? Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and on my return I would have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one with the ten talents. For to all those who have, more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. As for this worthless slave, throw him into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth." May God bless the reading of his word. This parable comes to us about three guys, and a rich man in going away for a little while, and he, he gives two of them, or he gives three of them different portions of his wealth to manage. And two of them manage to double their money. The guy's money. Comes back, I'm giving you double what we started with there. Congratulations. And they, and they get commanded for it. And I, one of the commentators I was reading about this text was talking a little bit about how high finance works. A, a topic of which I know very little, I must say. But uh, <laughs> what this commentator was pointing out is that to double one's money in a short period of time is a very rare thing, right? You probably know this, as if any of you are investing. Something like, you know, 2 to 5% is doing really well. If you, can, if you can find an investment that makes 2 to 5%, that is a really good investment. You're, you're making a lot of money according to uh, normal expectations. And uh, there's a little thing called the 72 rule. 
or rule of 72, which basically if you take your percentage and you divide it by, uh, divide 72 by that percentage, it tells you how many years it will take you to double your money. At 5%, it takes almost 15 years for you to double your money. So for these jokers to have made, to double their money in the period of time, whichever, you know, gone for on vacation or gone to a summer home in the, in the, uh, the Hamptons or something like that, and to come back and they've doubled their money. In order to do that, someone has to take an incredible risk for that to happen. You know, something like venture capital, investing in some new startup like, you know, uh, tuna fish that has the mayonnaise right in it already or something silly like that. Million, someone's million dollar idea. And uh, what venture capitalists will tell you is that uh, one out of every 10 really actually makes it. The rest of them lose everything. Lose everything. And so, you know, from one perspective, this is another one of those parables that I kind of have a struggle with. From one perspective, someone could look at this and go, these two guys uh, were really kind of being, you know, rather frivolous and crazy with this guy's money. Of course, other people's money, who cares, right? But, <laughs> but they were being rather cavalier with how they were taking care of this guy's money. And the one who had some kind of... Uh, some uh, some kind of reasonableness to him. The one who kind of thought, you know, propriety would say I should not risk this guy's money. I should take it carefully. Ha- held on to it and handed it back to him exactly what was given and entrusted to him. That seems like a reasonable thing. It seems like a, uh, you know, a, a kind of reasonable way to go about it. Especially uh, when this guy seemed to be a little concerned about how the master might react when he came back. And yet what the master does is commend these two who took this incredible risk that made big money real fast uh, and doubled their money, commended them, and gave them kudos and was very frustrated, to say the least, with the one who just sat on it, went and buried it somewhere, in fact, you could have you, just, uh, you could have at least put him in a low interest loan down at the Utah State uh, Utah Federal Credit Union uh, would be a good place if you need um, or one of our own uh, people runs that organization. So I'm plugging that shameless plug right there. But <laughs> you could have at least put it in the bank and uh, you know collect a little bit of interest. And he takes what was given to him and gives it to the to the other guy. And I this parable, whenever I read, it, I always think. Well, now, what would have happened? I wonder what the master would have been saying had those first two guys went out, invested in some crazy idea, some million-dollar idea, and lost everything. You think the master might have been singing a a whole different tune uh, about that? Or maybe not. Maybe it's the kind of guy who appreciates someone who's willing to take the risk, who's willing to take what is given to them and, and make bold choices and make bold moves with what is given to, to them. And I would suggest that maybe that's the kind of master that this parable has in it because that guy was unimpressed 
with the one who was given something and did nothing with it. And the message that I think is, is clear to me today is that in the kingdom of God, there is no room for, being, for caution. There is no place for taking it, making it safe. Taking it safe. And, and uh, taking care of what's been given to you. The kingdom of God demands boldness. The kingdom of God invites us to take risks and to put it out there in the hope of getting a return on that investment. In the hope of seeing what has been given to us bloom into something more. We as people of faith, we as followers of Christ, we as people who are imbued with God's Holy Spirit, we have been given, we have been blessed with much. Amen? Give me an amen if you've been blessed with much. Oh, you've been blessed with more than that. Give me a bigger amen if you've been blessed with much. (laughs) Y'all have got to get your Baptist on. But But we have been blessed with much. Amen? We have been given a lot to work with. We have been empowered and blessed. And God says, go take this and do something radical with it. Because the kingdom of God is something that needs bold moves in this world. If we are going to be transformational, if we are going to be a people who live out the kingdom of God, that is, the world as it would be if God were in charge. If we are the folks who are going to bring that to this hurt and broken world around us, it is going to take some bold moves. We can't be mamby-pamby about it. We can't hold that faith into ourselves. And we can't be quiet about it. And we can't be... uh, We can't allow it to be this quiet, still thing in the corner of our hearts that we just keep to ourselves and we only whisper to God. God expects more from those who have been given more. Amen? And that expectation is one of... not not. Here's what I don't mean to say about this is I don't want you to feel responsible for the, the soul of the guy sitting next to you on the airplane. Please don't. You're not helping anybody by bugging the guy next to you on the airplane. <laughs> but what I mean is, is that we have been blessed with so much that our faith ought to call us to radical action. That the faith that God has instilled within us, that has been proven in our lives over and over again, all those many times when we have indeed called out in that, whispered to God in that still small voice, and we've known God's presence to be there, what God wants us to do is to take that and allow it to become something more than just you and God. Something more, something bigger, something bold, something grand, something God-sized dreaming is what God expects us to do about what this world can be and what we think God can do with what we have. This morning, we are called out of this parable. We are somewhere in there. 
Maybe we're the one talent man who's, who's scared. Now we're told that, that what motivated this one talent man to hide that talent was fear. He was scared. He was scared of what the Master would do. Because he thought the Master was vindictive and vengeful and spiteful and judgmental and condemning. Kind of reminds me of a lot of the way people feel about the God we worship. Amen? Some of our brothers and sisters think that God is waiting with the belt to punish us, to tell us we've done wrong. And so we're scared to make a move. That isn't the God we worship, amen? We worship a God full of grace, full of mercy, a God who has already overlooked all of our faults, who has already looked at us and said, you are beautifully and wonderfully made. And you know what? If you go out there and you you do something important with what you've been given and you fall on your face, that's okay. I'm going to love you anyway. In fact, I'll applaud you. It was Martin Luther who said, sin boldly. And, And what Martin Luther meant by that is, don't let your fear of making a mistake or, or, or doing something wrong not allow you to get out there and do something that's going to transform the world or transform one other person's life. I think of Mother Teresa all those years in Calcutta boldly, dramatically trying to transform the world. And it cost her her faith, ultimately. And and I won't get into the whole story, but we know from some of her letters that she struggled so, so much because she was one person trying to do it all. And imagine if we all were as bold as Mother Teresa, perhaps her faith would not have been the cost of the work she did. This world needs you and me to take what has been given and to do our damnedest to make it more. To make it blossom and bloom into something good and righteous. Because, I don't know about you, I'm looking around and everyone is looking around going, what is wrong with this world? What is wrong with me? What is wrong with them? What is wrong with us? It's up to us. Jesus has blessed us and empowered us to show the world that God is still at work. Let us pray. Our loving and gracious God, we, we hear this parable and it confuses us. It, doesn't seem right as we think about the way the world works in our, in our way. But we know that the kingdom of God is different. We know that there is no room for timidity when it comes to the blessings we've been given and how we use those. Give us the courage and the strength and the discernment and insight to risk much in the hope of gaining much. We ask this in the precious and powerful name of Christ.